The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to have you with us, naturally. Today, I'm also happy to say that we have the original producer, Eric Ryder. He's back with us. Nathan Miller's taking a well-earned vacation, so we get to work with Eric again. Always a good thing. Today, we're going to talk about getting you ready for that road trip of your dreams. It's 2022. We're in summer. It's official. People have either made their plans or still making them. We're wondering where they go if they take a last-minute road trip, not too long before, you know, like Labor Day, right, which is a bit late, you know, I would caution there, I've done it before, you want to pick your times right, that's for sure. And within that framework of preparation, you need to know what's up with your car. And more particularly, how will it withstand the rigors of a road trip in summer in North America? Well, today we have someone who might be called a go-to guy when it comes to car maintenance in preparation for road trips. Lord knows he has the experiences and he's got some stories to tell in regard. We're looking forward to speaking once again with Carl Petrie. This is American Road Trip Talk. We're helping you get ready for your next road trip dream. Dream along with us and be well prepared. We'll be right back after this. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Nice ad there. Carl Petrie's joining us from New Jersey. I don't know how well-known he is in the bluegrass community, but... (laughs) The man has so much good to say about cars, about car culture, and about preparing yourself to be on the best road trip of your life, in part because of automotive safety, because of mechanical due diligence, right? Carl Petrie has a restored 1955 Pontiac and a 1973 Corvette. His automotive background started with his frequent trips to the drag races at Island Dragway in New Jersey before he was old enough to drive. 
He later attended and graduated from Lincoln Technical Institute, getting his certificate in automotive and diesel technology. In later years, he was involved with an automotive center that specialized in auto restoration, four by fours, and high performance vehicles. During that time, his wife, Susie, was the driver of the shop's sponsored Camaro race car. Carl moved into working in the media, producing TV shows, films, and music videos. Many of his productions showcased vintage automobiles. Today, and for quite a while now, Carl Petrie is a member of the Garden State Chapter of the Pontiac Oakland Clubs International Organization. The chapter has its annual Pontiac Car Show in October. But for the moment, Carl Petrie is here with us on American Road Trip Talk. Carl, welcome for a second time. Well, it's it's a pleasure to be here. I love this show. Well, I, you know, people who care about cars care about this show. I think that accounts mainly for our success as a, as a broadcast and podcast. But I look back here, Carl, and we're delighted to have you with us. This last paragraph, this says it all for me. Now, I, I went to a nightmare scenario, Carl. I read, he is a member of the Garden State Chapter of the Pontiac Oakland Clubs International Organization. The chapter has its annual Pontiac Car Show in October. Now, Carl, can you imagine if you didn't have all that know-how in your noggin? If you were not a go-to guy for due diligence when it comes to car maintenance, especially when planning a road trip, I would think. Can you imagine the humiliation of showing up at the Pontiac Car Show in October if you weren't prepared and they're towing your car right past the venue? You'd all, all your buddies would be laughing and say, hey, sweet ride there, Carl. <laughs> they certainly would. But, you know, uh, the, um, the thing about taking road trips you know, that's a very important thing. And it's one thing I always want to bring out uh, to everyone who's possibly listening to me. That is, before you start your road trip, what I think is very important, clean your car. I've seen cars that people are ready to take a road trip on and look like they went to the garbage can, took everything out of it and threw it in the back seat. I mean, you're, you're going to be sitting in this car. It's going to be hot. And you're cruising down the highway, and it smells like French fries, burgers, and all this. And there are so many cars out there that I see that are like that. And uh, if oh, and then if, if it's a car and it has a trunk, if they get a flat tire, they pull over to the side of the road, they open the, the trunk, they can't even find their spare tire. It's full of garbage. So, you know, one of the first things I tell people when they're ready to take a trip Clean your car. It's not very, you know, it's not really hard to do. Just clean it. Right. It's a little time consuming. It's tedious. So people put it off until manana there. And then when they're ready to go somewhere, now they have a big chore in front of them. Exactly. I mean, I've been uh, with people when they, they, I'm ready to take a, a ride with them or something. And they tell me, just move all this stuff onto the floor so you can have a seat. And I see these same people, they're ready to go on a trip, like a 300-mile trip, and they have their kids in the back seat, and there's wrappers and garbage all over the place, and the car stinks. It really does. So maybe step number one, before you take a trip, clean it out. I would think so. Absolutely. And you mentioned something else, Carl. Now, this is the humble tires, although that's a whole industry with its own share of glamour. We'll get into that on another show. But when you talk about tires, you had an interesting experience, Carl, about tire pressure, measuring it, and then oh, yeah. 
you found out oh, something else needs to be checked out. Tell us that story. Okay, this is great. <clears throat> uh, on my, on my uh, SUV, I have on a dashboard, it tells me if a, a tire pressure is low. So I go around with my gauge and all my tires are up to snuff. It was 32 pounds, every single tire. Yet the tire, the, the light is on the dashboard. I'm driving on a highway and, and I stopped again. I checked the pressures again. Everything seems to be right. Then I figure, well, there's something mechanically wrong, electronically wrong with this, this thing. That's why it's, it's on there. So I have a friend who works on all modern cars. And I said, I, I think I have a problem with a sensor because it keeps showing that low tire pressure. So he looked at very, very calmly because this is so common. He said to me, did you check your spare tire? I said, what does that got to do with it? He goes, when you're going down the highway, that spare tire is going at the same speed as the rest of the four. And if it's low pressure, it's going to send a signal to the computer. I thought it was ridiculous. I checked it. Tire pressure is very low. Filled it up with air. Light went off on the dashboard. So, you, you know, that's it, it's the kind of thing I would never have thought of anyway. You know, it's a spare tire. You know, it's just it's just there. Right. But the t- spare tire is the normal size of, of the vehicle and it has the sensor in it. And when you think about it, it's going down the highway at 60, 70 miles an hour and it's transmitting and the computer is is getting that transmission and is saying low tire pressure. Talk about now, driving you nuts. Driving you nuts. And as a another aspect of the same conversation, really, Carl, I think what drives you nuts, what drives me nuts, particularly when I get the bill, dealing with automotive computers today. What happened to the guy with the rag in his back pocket, wearing a T-shirt? He's got his cigarettes rolled up in one sleeve, and he's going to go fix that problem for you. Now, they would be dumbstruck by the amount of computerized technology that they have to learn to master and be certified to do it. That's right. Like, you know, talk about going crazy. I mean, here's something else that your listeners should be aware of. I bought a radio for my 55 Pontiac. All right. The original radio is a two-piece unit it has tubes on both sides it has tubes near the speaker and it has tubes near the tuner so and you get am radio so it's not really the best thing to cruise around with so i decided to go to a company that specializes in retrofitting you know new radios you know which are also you know uh players whatever and uh for old cars so I put this thing in, follow the instructions, not really hard. And I put it in and I start driving it around. And then I start hearing this shrilling sound, a high pitched swirling sound. And it's like driving me crazy. And it's, the volume is going high and low and it's, and it's whistling is going on. So, of course, I put a filter on on it to make sure that maybe it's going to stop from the uh, ignition that the uh, transmission of the ignition is not interfering with the radio. Then I made sure it really had a good ground. Nothing still happens. 
I'm going crazy with this thing. It's like, what could it be? I call the manufacturer and I tell him, I believe I have a bad radio. And I tell him what happens. He says, well, maybe you could put a filter on it. I says, I did that. He goes, well, maybe ground it better. And I says, I have two grounds on it. It's, it's, it should be perfect. He goes, well, I don't understand it. He goes, you must have did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, said, you did. You know, it's like, I did everything that's, it works, except that every now and then it just, it just interrupts the music, whatever. And this high shrill starts coming out and it starts driving you crazy. So he's there. Nah, nah. He goes, it's our radios are good. It can't be that. So it's like, I go back to see what could it possibly be? Well, once again, I see a friend and uh, he says to me, and he works with new cars and he works uh, with computers. He's a whiz. This is his specialty. And I said to him, I'm going crazy with this thing. I can't figure out what it is. So he looks at me and he says, I could fix it. I says, really? He goes, yeah, and I'll show you how to do it. So he goes up to my battery. He takes the battery cable off the positive. Then he takes the negative cable and he takes that off the battery. Now, they're both off the battery. And he takes the two ends and he touches them. And he goes, it's fixed. I says, you're kidding me. He goes, try it. We put the battery cables back on, turn the radio on. Everything is working perfect. What happens is that in the radio, what happens occasionally, or really in his case, he says it happens more than you think. What happens is it builds up a charge into the radio and it can't release it. It can't get, it can't go through the ground. He says, when you do it this way, he says, every, everything that's in the car goes to a ground and it works. So this is something that you're a very knowledgeable guy, Carl. And this was something that had eluded you up to that point. Absolutely. I couldn't figure it out. And when you think about it, somebody told me that, but taking the cables off, you touch the two cables, once they're off the battery, that'll end the problem. I would think they were nuts. You would but think that that kind of guy is someone who should be doing a magic show at children's birthday parties. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can really, really ruin your trip. Let's say you're on a trip somewhere and all of a sudden you hear this howling coming out of your uh, your stereo. And you're trying to figure out what it is. And you say, gee, for the past week, it's been working fine. Now, all of a sudden, in the middle of my trip, when I were, I'm going to be on the road for hours, I'd like to have, you know, the ability to listen to music or listen to my, uh, uh, my recorded music, whatever, on this whole trip. But I can't do it because it's howling. Well, that's something you could consider. But I'm going to say this again. Make sure that if you do this, the cables have got to be off of the battery. You don't want to take that negative and hit the positive while it's on the battery. You don't want to do that. Make sure both cables are off and then touch them. And it will release all with, within the car itself. Anything that's locked up that can't go to a ground will now go to a ground. And it'll be perfect. That is 
amazing in its way. Now, people who are in the know might say, yeah, of course, that's how it works. But if you don't know the science, if you don't know as much about electricity as the gentleman with whom you were dealing, it can right. seem like magic in a way. Wow, that works. That's not just a home remedy. Exactly. Do you know that the uh, I called back the manufacturer and I said to him, let me tell you what I did and, I, and how it works to fix the problem. You know, it's really strange that the company that su- supplied that radio, he didn't want to hear it. Now, that's it's strange. Like I was bothering him by telling him how to fix that problem. It's like our, our radios have no problems. And whatever you're saying is just ridiculous. <laughs> he, he wouldn't even take what I said as, you know, I'm trying to be nice to him in case somebody calls up like I did. He could tell him to do the same thing. But I guess he was on some ego trip or something. And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. You just wanted to get rid of me off the phone. I think some people just don't like to be even seemingly shown to be wrong about something. But they're not in the know. So just, you know, we all have our ego. But you have the knowledge and you know that it works from personal experience. That's great. Oh, sure. And these are, you know, little freaky things that, um, you know, we're talking about road trips. You know, once you're away from home and you're a few hundred miles away from home, you're away from your tools, a lot of your tools that you need and all this. So, you know, of course, you you check everything before you take your trip. You know, you check your tire pressures, you check your uh, water levels and all that and your brake levels. You do all that. But it's these freaky things that could really ruin your trip. That would drive you nuts. And that's why I bring this up, because it's a freaky thing, and it does happen to people. It's, I'm not the only one. So if your listeners ever come across that, well, now you got to, something to think about. Oh, absolutely. It also makes me grateful for my guardian angel, because I'll tell you, Carl, I took a trip, and this was just a strange set of circumstances. I won't go into it, but I found myself checking the tire pressure on a 1985 Toyota truck. I left Seattle for an overnight trip between there and Boise, Idaho, where I checked into a motel back in the oh, yeah, traveling total luxury. I think it was a Motel 6. Hey, folks, how's it going? Did you leave that, that light on in the window for me? But I, I checked in there the next morning. And in between, I drove that entire distance. I came down through Washington, Tri-Cities area. I entered uh, into uh, Idaho, but not before entering Eastern Oregon, where I went to pioneer country. I mean, Pendleton, Oregon, and Ontario, Baker, Oregon, places that uh, our listeners in Puget Sound would be aware of to some extent. This is all overnight. Beautiful starry sky. Fantastic. But here's the thing. This was years, years. I I took this, it was like 1980, summer of 85. Now, I had no cell phone there, and I didn't have any uh, AAA membership where they're going to send a truck out or anything. I was way out there in the midnight blue, and I made it safely to Boise. But I tell you, it was just by the grace of God that I did, because except for checking the tire pressure and filling the gas tank, I did nothing 
to prepare. I got rid of most of the candy wrappers there. But other than that, I just was not prepared for any kind of emergency. I don't know what I would have done. It was pitch black in some of those. You could see the stars, all right. But in eastern Oregon at, you know, 1.32 in the morning, there's not a lot to do in town and not many gas stations. You have to prepare and know what you're going to do in case of. Exactly. I recall, you know, years ago, um, my brother and I decided to take a trip down to Miami, Miami, Florida. And we have friends down there. and We're going to we're going to meet with them. This is our first trip down through Florida. My brother finds a route to go down there that takes us through a swamp. And we're going through the swamp and I we're looking at the. Uh, the water temperature, the temperature of the engine is getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And here we are in the middle of this swamp at night and the bugs were all over the place. I mean, it was like uh, something out of science fiction. All we saw are bugs hitting our windshield. And it was there were so many bugs hitting our windshield that it was smearing the windshield. It was so bad. So we saw a gas station. We pulled into the gas station to figure out what was wrong with the car. And this guy comes out and he's looking at us and he, he uh, he's looking at our windshield. He goes, well, I got stuff here you could clean your windshield with. I said, that's great. And he and we said, we've got a problem. Our temperature is going up and I can't figure out why. And he says, do you have a bug screen? A what? He goes, a bug screen. He goes, if you're going to drive around here at night, you better have a bug screen. And he shows me his car and he has a radiator and he has another screen in front of it to trap the bugs because the bugs will clog up your, your radiator. And that's exactly, he says, well, you could take the hose there and go backwards with it and try to push the bugs away from the thing. And hopefully you can get through for the rest of your trip. But that's something who could who could ever think about something like that? That bugs would stop you, could stop your car eventually. Oh but yes, we, yes, we experienced that. It was terrible. And when they're on the windshield, when it's so cold that you're icing over and you can't get it defrosted quickly enough, I discovered that many years ago on an overnight trip. I was going from Colorado to Las Vegas, and in between, I hit Gallup, New Mexico, <laughs> and stopped to get gasoline, and I couldn't get the bugs off my windshield because it was too doggone cold. Right. And the guy told me, I wouldn't wipe that. You're just going to smear it. You won't be able to see it. It was when you could get some help with the gasoline right. back in the day. And so I just had to uh, cope with that, and I made it to Flagstaff and then did a good job of cleaning it. And you know what my reward was, Carl? I left Flagstaff into the deep dark of Arizona past midnight. And what did I see? Halley's Comet. Really? I actually saw Halley's Comet. I was able to track it all the way across my windshield. So, see, that's the product of good living right there. You're lucky. (laughs) We have a couple of minutes uh, left, Carl. Please give us a bit of a checklist for people. I, I think you're working with a gentleman who's going out to California and you want to make sure that he's safe on the road. Yes. So you've mentioned some of the essential things, the tires, for example, you want to make sure that you've, you've looked at your oil. You don't want heavy viscous oil on a summer road trip. What are some of the, the top three, four, five, six things in addition to like something as simple as tire pressure that will help you stay safe on the road? Sure. Well, you know, number one is tire pressure. 
uh, we want to make sure that it's really filled to its capacity where, you know, where it's, it's supposed to be. Uh, I've met some people who lowered the pressure in their tires so they get a smoother ride. And it, that's makes it more prone for, uh, for flat tires. Uh, and all right, you get a more, you get a more cushy ride, but it's bad on gas economy. It starts the car starts to drag going down the highway. So it's a very, very important to make sure that those tires are properly filled. And uh, another thing is make sure you have um, uh, your oil. Before you take a long trip, change your oil. You know, put fresh oil in there. He's going to take a trip that's close to 3,000 miles. So my thing is, you know, start off with fresh oil on this trip. Don't uh, have oil that has like two or 3,000 miles on it. And you're about to put on another 3,000 miles. You know, it doesn't cost that much money. Have fresh oil put into it. And actually, cleaner oil will give you better gas economy. People don't realize that, but it's true. And uh, uh, I tell him, make sure that he has a small toolkit, you know, like screwdrivers, uh, flathead, you know, screwdrivers or Phillips head screwdriver, uh, screwdriver uh, maybe a socket set, because you never know what little thing could fall off or you may need just that little tool to fix it on your trip, because in the middle of nowhere, something will fall off the car. So, you know, do that. And, uh, you know, check the brakes, of course, and check your fluids. Uh, check all this before you go, uh, because you don't want to get stuck somewhere because of something you just overlooked. And people do that all the time. And this is an era we really have no excuse, Carl, because now you don't even have to unfold a map and hope that you know how to read it. Right. I mean, the things that we can use at the GPS, et cetera, you know, Siri, how do I get to such and such? In order to do that, uh, it's so much simpler today because of the same computer technology that we curse when we're in the, a mechanic's hands in the garage and hoping that it's not going to run us twice as much as we thought it would take to get a problem fixed. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, to me, it's like now I rely on my little cell phone here to tell me where to go and what turns to make or whatever. And mine actually tells you if there's high traffic. And it'll it'll tell you how to get around it, you know. So it's really fantastic compared to you know what it was just a handful of years ago. And really thank great. God for the apps. Yeah, you're well, doggone yeah. right there. Well, thank you so much, Carl Petri, for joining us again. We want people to be safe, and we want them to enjoy their road trip to the max. And with your help, I think that there's a much greater chance that will occur, including for me next month when I head up to New England from Florida. So thank you, Carl. I'd love to have you back and we'll talk car culture next time, you Pontiac guy, you. All right. Thank you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.